You are listening to the Cattle Call Podcast. This is the place where computer-aided design and drafting meets humor and practicality, with a touch of business acumen thrown in for fun. Jim and Rocco, the owners of Zentech Consultants, the premier U.S. technology consulting firm for architecture, engineering, construction, and manufacturing, discuss the fascinating world of CAD with some humor and some honesty. The Cattle Call Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Cattle Call Podcast with Jim and Rocco from Zentech Consultants. I am Jim, your resident tech geek, and with me, as always, is my partner. The tall, dark, and handsome one. You know he is none of those things, people. He is not even close to any of those things. Certainly not the handsome part. And because he lied, you know what that means, Rocco. It means it's time once again for the engineering joke of the week. All right. So, Rocco, simple question for you today. What is the definition of an engineer? I don't know. You what don't is the know. Definition of an engineer. Definition is someone who solves a problem you didn't know you had in a way that you can't understand. That is the definition of an engineer. There we go. But I'm fine. Okay. So, there's your engineering joke of the week. But let's get into more important things because we have a guest on the show today. Uh, Jeff Perry, the founder of More Than Engineering, um, is a uh, career coaching and development site focusing mainly on the professional engineering space. Jeff is on the show with us today. So, Jeff, we really appreciate your being on the podcast, man. Yeah, glad to be here and glad to at least have someone on the podcast who's tall, dark, and handsome today. So good for you. <laughs> there you go. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah, my wife says I have a face for radio, so, so the podcast works out well. <laughs> it's good for me, too, that way. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Awesome. So look, whenever we have a guest on, I always like to start off by, you know, giving them the chance to tell our listeners a little bit about themselves and their background. So, so Jeff, let's, 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 how did you make the move from being an engineer, right, to the life slash career coaching stuff? And, and, and what kind of started you on the more than engineering path? Yeah, thanks, Jim, and, and glad to be here. So like many of us in our careers, it's kind of a long and winding road, right? And I don't want to get into every single detail, but, but put simply... I went from mechanical engineering graduate to I got into software, but, you know, to connect to the CAD stuff, I was actually programming CAD softwares right out of school and, and doing engineer, software engineering on top of CAD systems. And so got to do a lot of automation, checking of, of CAD qualities and stuff like that for a large firm. Then decided that writing code was not my gig. Uh, Maybe you wanted a life? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I wanted to, to, to feel like I could talk to people instead of just stare at my screen hacking away at code all, all day. And, and so um, I actually had an opportunity, luckily, to go to a, a smaller firm, um, and I got to wear a lot of different hats there. I had my first leadership opportunities. I was working on market development. I was working on back in the mechanical and manufacturing space, but there was software connected because we were kind of doing IoT devices and different things like this. So I got to wear a lot of different hats. But also on top of that, a few years in, this was about five years ago, I also got an opportunity to start doing some corporate training kind of internal to the company. And, and a lot of that it revolved around some mindset and personal development type topics. And I feel like that experience just kind of had something emerge out of me. Like I noticed that I looked forward to those days where I was training and coaching people more than 
any of the technical work that I was doing because I felt there was this really high level of human connection that was going on. And, and I just started to really look forward to that and, and love that, even though it's just sort of a, a small sliver of my main uh, work as an engineering leader at the time. And so I started, they sort of planted that seed. It was like, okay, how do I potentially do more of this? A few years later, I kind of had a, uh, a moment or, or a situation in the career where I kind of felt like I was at this plateau, right? Like mm-hmm. trying to figure out, hey, there's not really a, a continued growth path. I'd sort of maxed out and uh, the, the things that I was learning and felt like I could legitimately contribute. I wasn't in a place where I was feeling like I was really giving my best work. And I knew, so I knew a change needed to happen to some degree. And we explored some things in the company, explored some things outside and different stuff like that. But in the end, long story short, I decided, hey, it might be time for me to do my own thing and really start putting together these different ideas that I've had for a while around um, personal development and, and connecting that with engineers and things. So that, that's sort of uh, what became more than engineering. And so uh, we're recording this early September. It's been just over three years since I started doing this full time now. Nice. Very nice. So, all right. So yeah, I, I have to say, I, I find this to be an, an interesting topic, right? This idea of, you know, career coaching for people in the engineering and tech space, uh, because there, there, there's a cliche, all right, that, that yeah, people in this industry aren't always the most, we'll call it socially adaptable. Uh, you know, there, there's a belief out there that tech dorks, you know, like me, uh, can lack the ability to move forward in business environments because they're, they're too focused on numbers and math, right, to, to be able to handle, you know, the business development interactions and all the public facing opportunities that are really required for senior management. Um, and, and, and that mindset can be pervasive, right? Not just from your know, management itself, but even among the engineers and the tech people, right? Sometimes in life, we can all fall prey to, you know, behaving and believing the things that other people think about us. Um, so, so Jeff, how does, how does personal mindset and expectations play into someone's career planning and execution? I mean, if it does at all, what do you think? Yeah, it's huge. And you talked about some of these cliches or stereotypes and things like that. And some of it, you know, to harken back to the joke of the week you you shared earlier, sometimes (laughs) even like engineering jokes can dig into that a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Like one that I've heard multiple times is like, how do you tell the difference between uh, an introverted and an extroverted engineer? Well, an extroverted engineer will look at your shoes instead of their own shoes, right? And, and so, okay, yeah, stereotypical, but still a funny joke. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and so we can we can still like laugh about it and stuff, but also recognize that sometimes the the stereotypes are unhelpful, and, and don't paint a picture of all engineers or what a great engineer should be or needs to be, right? So we don't need to have this view that an engineer is like a, a human computer where, where they're just out there like, like hacking away and, and uh, you know, math is always scrolling through their head or, or designs are <laughs> or, or, or popping out of their brain and, and that they aren't or can't be socially adaptable, right? Those, those ideas aren't helpful. And so in, in many cases, the mindsets and the beliefs and the expectations that we as individuals place on ourselves and sometimes impress upon others 
have a huge impact on how we develop and how we allow others to develop, right? Because if I don't believe, if I have a mindset that says, this is kind of how I'm always going to be, if right now I don't believe that I have a skill of being able to give great presentations or talk to clients or, or these sorts of things, and I believe that that's where I'm at now and kind of how it's always going to be, well, then that's probably going to be true. Sure. Right? Yeah. And because I'm not going to do the things to try and develop that skill. We would call it in the mindset world, we call that a fixed mindset. This belief that I'm fixed, I'm unchanging. Who I am today is who I'm probably going to be tomorrow. Right? But if we can adapt the growth mindset to believe, hey, I have the ability to grow. I can allow others this space and, and willingness to, to grow and develop. And who I am today does not have to be who I am tomorrow. And, and start to hack away at those beliefs that might be holding me back from changes that could accelerate my continued growth as a person, as a professional. Then suddenly the actions I'm going to be taking are different. So the, the mindset that we have fuels our behavior, which then fuels the results that we get, right? And so it's a it's a huge factor when we when we play this in. And we could go really deep into the, some of this stuff, and I and I'd love to do that, uh, depending on how far y'all want to go. <laughs> hey, look, we'll go wherever you want. But I, I I gotta say I can't agree with you more. I mean, it's it's absolutely true. You know, there was a time in my life when I was absolutely terrified to talk in front of crowds or in public. And now Rocco will attest, you can't shut me up. You know, and Rocco, same thing. Up until yesterday, he was not tall, dark, and handsome. So today, he's obviously made a big change in in his approach to life. So, but no, it is a very important thing. I think you know, it's a great point that you make that you know how you think about yourself is going to impact how others think about you, and it will impact your your long term you know capabilities just because of what you believe. So. I'm absolutely in, in agreement with that. So, look, you know, the, I, I, the other thing I want to talk about here, I think, you know, the, the engineering and the tech world, it's a really diverse place, right? And there are a thousand different career paths uh, you, that everybody can follow. You can choose whichever one works for you, right? Sometimes you want to go into senior management. Sometimes you're going to be a government reviewer. Sometimes you are into pure engineering, right? You just want to do the work. Um, and none of those are wrong or, 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 you know, any are better than the others, but I, I think it's important for all of us to know and, and to kind of decide what we really want out of our professional lives and then begin making active plans to get there. Um, so what do you think, Jeff? Should, should people have all the steps for their career kind of fully mapped out and planned ahead of them? It, it's a hard thing to do, to have it fully mapped out and planned. I don't think that we're going to have this like magical treasure map where X marks the spot and we're going to know every step along the way to get to this uh, eventual place that we're trying to get to. But the, the word that I use a lot, or the words, I guess, in trying to figure out, how do we figure out at least what are the steps we take is this idea of career clarity. Can we get clarity around the things that are important to us? And I've got a Actually, a whole resource that I put together for cattle call listeners, people can go grab, because I know if they're anything like me when they're listening to a podcast, they're probably doing something else, too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so you can go grab that, because we'll talk more about this, but go grab a whole career clarity resource and go grab it, www.engineeringcareeraccelerator.com slash cattle call. Then go grab that. And we'll we'll post that up underneath the, uh, the, the podcast itself. So hopefully you guys can just click on it when you do hear this. 
Perfect, perfect. So when, when we're trying to map out where we want to go in our careers, instead of thinking, okay, I need to have everything mapped out, can we set a few baseline things that we can identify are important to us? And, and what are the right next steps we can do? But instead of feeling like, hey, I need to go whole hog into one thing or another, engineers can really relate with this idea of, hey, can I run an experiment? Can I perhaps create a, think of my career as a series of prototypes, right? Can I, can I find a way to take a small chunk? And so if you want to have a test, if you're in a large organization, sometimes this is easier because you might be able to take on a different project or responsibility as kind of a side deal. You know, that's what I did years ago. I started doing a kind of internal training and coaching. I didn't know that that's where I would eventually want to go kind of full time, but yet here I am. But I kind of ran that as a, as a test to see, hey, I think I might enjoy this. I'm going to try it out. We'll see how that goes on top of my other responsibilities. Right. And so you can do that internal to an organization sometimes. Sometimes you can do that as a side project or side hustle where you can try something out that's a little bit different. Maybe you want to try different technologies and or or different ways of working. Or sometimes it's just having networking conversations or or in, informational interviews where you can get insights into what are other people doing? What does a day in the life really look like for them? Does that sound interesting? Can I get to know that a little bit more, right? Uh, maybe someone wants to consider entrepreneurship, like like the two of you have done, coming going from corporate to, to running your own business, right? Um, you know, it, it's a different experience for everyone. But, and, and like you said, none of that is wrong. Yeah. But we do need to have an idea around what's the kind of person or professional that I want to become? If that's what I want to become, can we step back from there and say, what are the things that I therefore need to learn? And also, what are the things that are important to me as I, that maybe I can use as a filter or a set of criteria as I'm making decisions to consider what is right for me and what is right for me now? Because timing's a big deal on some of this too, right? But I get all the time engineers who are coming to me and they say, hey, I'm not happy where I'm at. I don't like this, that, or the other thing, but I'm not sure what I want to be when I grow up. I'm trying to figure <laughs> that out. <laughs> or, or, or I had one engineer who was like, I'm trying to find my happy place in my career, but I have no idea what that is, right? And I think engineers, when they actually step back and spend a little time reflecting, get inside their brains, which might be a scary thing to do, but it's okay. <laughs> it's, it's a good thing. Um, get inside their minds or, or you might say inside their own hearts, they, they're able to discover those things that are actually really important to them. Instead of just letting your career kind of happen to you, the opportunity just kind of come your way and you hope that it works out and you enjoy it, you can, be, you can shift that and be proactive, intentional, or deliberate about the kind of career and life you want to create. And so if there are things that are important to you, how can you take those steps to make that happen instead of just hoping, you know, hoping, hoping it happens? It, it, you, you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And so there we do want to create some sort of plan uh, around where we're trying to get to. Now, can that plan change? Absolutely. You know, things we're going to learn new things. We're going to try new things. Technologies and ways of working are going to, to change and adjust 
you know, who would have thought all the changes would have happened from everything that COVID and remote work and everything for the whole world. Yeah. Uh, and, and how we've changed how we operate in many different industries. But, and so we still have to have and flow through things. But yeah. we can still do what we can to be intentional and deliberate instead of just letting life happen to us. I, I agree with that. I think it's a great and important way to, to kind of approach your, your whole life. Um, you know, trying new things and setting plans. So, so Rocco, let me ask you, um, you know, you're not a tech guy, right? But you spent your entire career on the business end of engineering and, and tech firms, right? So have, have you used kind of, you know, the, this planning approach that Jeff's talking about to your own career? Or have you seen other people who've used it? And, and kind of what were the results? Yeah, so there's a, a lot of good points that Jeff has, has hit on there. I mean, uh, uh, there's really a lot there. And there's there's so many moving parts, right, for, to people's lives, whether it's economic or where they're living or their their, their family situations. Um, you know, I think back to my own personal career where I, I you know, I graduated college and I thought I was going to be in marketing and I had this dream of working for BMW, right? And I'm far from BMW, but, um, you know, certainly happy with, with where I am and in, in my career and it's hard to it's hard to make you know even a five-year plan of where you want to be uh, particularly in this in this crazy world but I, I think you always have to kind of keep a pulse as to where where you are are you happy with where you're going are you happy with the money you're making um are you really happy i mean look we'd all like to be making three hundred thousand dollars a year but you know is it realistic within within our 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 careers and and in line with what other folks are making. So I think a lot of times you got to, you got to hit yourself with a reality check as well. Um, so definitely a lot, a lot of points to consider. Well, I answered your question there, Jim. There you go. Yeah, that's fine. I'm just saying I want to make $3 million a year, not 300000 but that's just me. I'm, I'm greedy. So look, folks, it's, I, I will say this is what I think, right? It's all well and good to, you know, to, to talk about topics like this on a podcast, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, though, you know, we're talking to real people about real things that can have a an, an, an major impact on their daily life. And it's not always easy to decide where and how to start a plan like this, right? I can say, oh, you know, just pick a career path. And, and it sounds simple. Uh, but the reality is that that decision-making process requires some careful thought and planning before you can even start to make these things Happen. You really like Jeff was saying. You have to look inside your heart. You know. Um, so you know, Jeff. With you know, with all of the different opportunities for technologists and engineers out there, how do people kind of get that clarity you're talking about when they're trying to choose a career direction? Yeah. So I've got again. I've got a bunch of tools in that resource we talked about earlier, but we'll talk about a couple of those right now. Probably don't have time to go into all of them. So I don't know if if the two of you and in, in your line of work ha have ever done uh, a lot of like root cause analysis, right? So when I was in in manufacturing, kind of processing years, we we do that a lot. When there's a problem on on the line or in our process or something, we we do a process to go down to what's the what's the root cause of this. And one of the tools that we would work on. Or, or use is called the five whys, okay? And and I found, and, and essentially you'd say, okay, here's the surface level problem that we're seeing. Why is that happening? You go a level deeper. Why is that happening? Well, I've found that this whole idea of five whys can be used in a different context 
when we try and consider a goal that we might have or a place that we might want to go or something that we say is important to us. It's kind of a, a surface level idea that we have, but then dig into that with multiple layers of why questions. Well, okay, Rocco says he wants to make $300,000 a year. Jim says he wants $3 million a year, but why is that important, right? You would then answer that question and then ask why to to that, like why is that important to you? And and this isn't being annoying, like sometimes I have little kids who ask why, 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 why all the time. <laughs> Rocco but does it, that it constantly. Introspective <laughs> and consider, can we go from the surface level idea to what's the deeper level intrinsic motivation that's really driving my desire to, to get this? What's this really about? For some, it's fulfillment. For some, it may be uh, a family thing, or they want to prove someone wrong, or, or they want to to f see that opportunity to feel like they've created something. Like uh, I had someone else tell me, you know, that, that the reason why they want to do this is because they saw that their parents both hated their careers their whole life, and they grew up with that, and they want to have a career they're excited about, that they enjoy. They don't want to put that baggage on, you know, maybe their children. <laughs> Or, or whatever. And so, like, what is, what is it that's driving this desire uh, towards this goal can really help us unlock a little bit more motivation and, and sometimes clarity around, okay, it may not be the goal, but what's the goal or the reason behind the goal, right? Yeah. And, and that can bring some clarity if we can actually spend that time doing that. Another tool or idea I'll share with, with you is to spend a little time trying to unlock or identify what I would call a genius zone, okay? Now, this is different from things that you're good at, okay? Those might be, you might call proficiencies or, or expert zones or something like that, like, hey, if someone's really good at CAD or really good at design analysis or, or whatever that is, what is that? You know, you may be might be expert at something, but going a level deeper, what is your genius zone? And, and a couple different ways you can do that, like really thinking about what are those times that you're really in the flow, that you are doing your absolute best work? Not just what you're doing, but what's the situation? What's the environment? How did you create that environment? And what is it about it? For some people, like running meetings and, and, and doing that is, is amazing for them. And they're able to help bring out the best in everyone in the, by, through facilitation. For some people, like having certain levels of criteria really good. Some people are really, really amazing at continuing to tweak and optimize and do continuous improvement. Others are great in the early creation phase, going from an abstract idea to, hey, let's actually create an experiment and drive something completely brand new. You know, I, I noticed in, in my career that when I kind of moved from the early creation phase of a project or an idea or, or something like that and kind of got into maintaining phase, I my energy level like really dropped out there. And, and that's just me, where others would thrive in that environment to continue to maintain and optimize over time. But that just isn't me. And so... Um, how can we how can we find those times those situations where we can say hey where do i do my best work can i design or try to do more and more of that if so 
one, we're going to do better work for our employers or, or others that, that we're work or clients, whoever we're working with. And two, we're going to be more happy and fulfilled because that's the kind of work that lights us up that we really enjoy. But if we don't know what that is, then, you know, we can't, uh, can't do that. But, but there may be ways to identify that. And then you can use that information in many different ways and kind of a personal branding effort to kind of communicate the value you might bring, bring to a potential employer. You can also use that um, in, in trying to, to think about how can I, again, how can I design the work that I'm already doing and maybe delegate or shift responsibility so I can focus on these, these really, really strong genius zones that I have. So all sorts of different ways we can, can utilize that. Those are outstanding exercises. I think yeah. real important stuff for people to, to check in on and think through. So thanks for that. Okay, so, all right, let's take a quick break to hear from today's sponsor. Uh, and when we get back, I want to talk with Jeff in a little bit more detail on how listeners can start developing their own personal life and career paths. All right, so stand by, everybody. We will be back in just a minute with more of the Cattle Call Podcast. Hey, everybody, this is Jim and Rocco with Zentech Consultants, and we wanted to talk to you a little bit today about the training options that we have available here for you guys at Zentech Consultants. We offer public training classes as well as private custom courses for all of your software and design needs. So, Rocco, why don't you tell the folks what kind of uh, training we offer and how do they reach out to us to get it going for them? Yeah, Jim, we cover everything from uh, from Bluebeam to Autodesk to Microsoft to BricsCAD uh, to civil site design training and beginner through to advanced level topics. Uh, like you said, both public and uh, and private courses. Um, if you've got if you got a group and want to run a class specifically for your team, we can help you. So just uh, feel free to hit our website. We're at zentechconsultants.net. That's Z-E-N-T-E-K, or you can give us a ring, 866-824-4459, or even drop us an email, sales at zentechconsultants.net. There you go, Zentech Consultants for all of your technology training needs. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Cattle Call Podcast. We're talking with Jeff Perry of More Than Engineering um, about the process of career planning and development for tech and engineering type folks. Um, though I imagine that a lot of what we're saying here today really, it applies to just about anybody listening, right? It doesn't matter what your job is. Um, and in this half of the show, I, I kind of want to get a bit more direct, right? And hit some some concrete processes on, on how listeners can start on the path of laying out the career that they want in front of them as, as kind of achievable steps towards a larger goal. So, so Jeff, right, in, in a competitive environment, how can our listeners stand out and get noticed? Yeah, great question. This is critical because uh, these days, it seems like almost every day I'm hearing of, a, of another layoff at, at large companies and different things like this. And, and there's still plenty of hiring going on, but it's still any, any really exciting job that someone might be interested in, there's always going to be competition. Right. And so if we need to um, kind of separate ourselves and stand out, we need to do things differently. Right. And so sadly, what I see a lot of people do is do the easiest thing. If they're looking for a new career opportunity or a new job, whether they're employed now or they're unemployed, 
um, all too often they spend a lot of time doing what I would call the spray and pray method <laughs> to job searching. They go on job boards, whether it's LinkedIn, Indeed, you know, new, you name it, doesn't matter which one. And if they can find that easy apply button, they really love that. <laughs> uh, and, and, they, and they just apply or, or, or they just say, hey, that, that looks interesting. I'm looking for this sort of engineer, that sort of thing. And, and, and I'll do that. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll apply and and just throw that in, takes me a few minutes, and I, and I put in the application, and we're, we're ready to roll. Or I want to work for this one company. I put in 30, 40, 50 applications just into one company. But the data, here's the thing. The data says that the average corporate job posting gets 250 applications. Okay? And so if we think, and that's just average. And so, you know, obviously some it's going to be more, some it's going to be less. But if you think about... On average, then, if they interview about five people per job, that's about a 2% chance of getting a job interview and a less than half a percent chance of getting a job, right? Yeah. And, and I don't know about you, but I have no interest in putting in 250 applications to find to finally get a job, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so we have to do things differently. And so uh, a number of things, what, what can we do there? Right. So so one, we talked about, like, how do we how do we identify that, that career path, get some career clarity around what do we really want in a career and maybe identifying some of those genius zones? If we can sort of turn that into a personal brand that should that we can appropriately communicate who we are and what we bring to the table that might be different than the next person, we can start to communicate in a different way and we can utilize that in multiple different facets of the job search process. Certainly, we need to have a great resume, but you know, a resume is not the end all be all. People don't hire resumes, people hire people. Okay, so your resume does need to be good, but it's not um, a magic bullet or a silver bullet, right? So, um, but if you can write your resume and create in a different way that, that helps people understand what you really bring to the table in terms of results, the different skills you bring to the table, that combination, can you share a summary that really, you know, feels like a human uh, <laughs> that, that they can relate to? And, and can you communicate that in a way that is customized or, or optimized for that particular company? Because on the other side, we need to understand for any job that's available, I, I like to think of that there's a problem to be solved, right? So maybe it's a capacity issue or they need new skills or capacities or, or different things like this. Can you think about how you can present yourself in a way that presents you as the solution or potential solution to that problem that a potential employer has, right? Yeah. And, and so designing your whole approach to this so, so certainly resume, I'm a big uh, proponent of LinkedIn. How can we utilize that to, you know, be another personal branding thing? People can come to you. You can reach out. Um, we could get into networking a lot, which, which by the way, I'm a huge proponent of, of networking. Can you reach out to people in companies or doing roles that you're interested in? Hey, build relationships instead of just, again, spray and pray, like, like try and, and hope that they call you back for an interview. Can you immediately start asking for to, to talk to people right uh, all too often I, I get people who are saying oh man if, if someone would just if I just had the opportunity to talk to someone then then they'd see see what I am 
well, instead of just sending in resumes, why don't you start asking to talk to people? Right? There you go. <laughs> let's, let's do it then. And, and so we can, we can do a strategic, uh, strategic areas there. And then obviously, if you get that interview opportunity, there's still other people that you're competing against. You still need to do things differently. So how can you, you know, you can go about doing that in a way with how you prepare, how you share answers to interview questions. Um, but, but some of this also goes back to mindset, because if, if you don't believe that you are that potential solution to the problem, that you are a great fit for that role and could um, be a great addition to their team and could help them achieve their goals, if you don't believe that, well, it's going to be hard for them to believe that, right? And, and so we need to, to, to address those things all along the way. So I, I'm huge on kind of taking the big picture approach to career development and, and taking that next step um, where, where so many other services and, and things out there, out there just saying, hey, let, let's update your resume on LinkedIn and, and you're going to get jobs galore. Well, every once in a while that works, but all too often we, we neglect the things that are really important. And certainly you're trying to make and find a, you know, a career that's, that's a great fit for you instead of just getting a new job, right? No, I agree with that. And I, I will say just to kind of you know reinforce what you're saying here on our end, right? What, what's worked for us, right? In our last round of hiring that, that we were doing here at Zentech, we had two or three people who sent resumes, but they didn't just send a resume. They wrote a personalized email saying, hey, I see your job. I see what you're trying to do. This is what I understand you were looking for. And here's how I think I could, I could help you meet that goal. And those were the, th the first three interviews we set up. So I, I think something like that, like you said, just spelling out where you would fit in, into a company, it shows that you took the time to understand their need and that you're looking to you know, move yourself forward in the right direction. So I, I think things like that are really important. Um, all right. So, you know, I, I, I think kind of in, in the modern era, uh, arena, really, of, you know, the things we see all the time, right, the great resignation and, and quiet quitting, uh, there has been just an absolute major shift in, in, in the job market at all levels. Um, and, and we've seen an absolute firestorm of people changing positions and moving about in the design and construction world. Um, and, and every company we work with and, and talk to here at Zentech is actively looking to hire because construction is just booming right now. Um, and it's not likely to slow down anytime soon with all the, you know, the federal funds that have been slated for infrastructure work over the next decade. Um, and, you know, with that in mind, uh, I think, you know, putting your best foot forward when you actually meet with a new firm is to to my mind more important than it than it's ever been so so jeff you know when you're coaching working with folks how do you how do you kind of help them make a great impression when they really finally do get that interview yeah so this is a fun fun piece of the conversation and i'll start with something that might be easy for people to remember i'll share with you what i call my four p's of interviews Okay? And you can use this for kind of any stressful situation, but before P, so first of all is prepare. Okay? We need to prepare for the interview. We need to prepare what we want to share, what are those critical things that we think are the, the, the connections between what they're looking for and what we bring to the table. We need to understand the context of who we're going to be talking to and what are they looking for. Because if you're talking to an HR person, this can be different than if you're talking to a senior or director of engineering or the CEO of a small firm, you know, every person's going to be looking for something different. If you're talking to one at a time, or if you're talking to a panel, 
Like you need to try and put yourself in their shoes. What are they looking for in me? And, and, and understand the company and their needs and what they're going to what they're trying to accomplish as much as possible. So, so really put in that preparation work, ideally even having practice interviews, um, it, you know, with, with a career coach, certainly I do a lot of that with my clients or, or with your spouse or partner or a friend or, or anyone who's willing to, to listen to you. It, if you're afraid of doing that, just record yourself like answering common interview questions and get better at delivering that. Okay. So that's, that's a prepare angle. Uh, the second P is to pee, like literally go to the bathroom. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want that to be a distraction when you're in an interview. Okay. So good, so good just, safety like, take tip. Care of business and get that out of the way. Um, and a lot of people just naturally need to before they go into a nervous situation anyway. Okay. Uh, it kind of forces it, forces it out of us. Third P is to do something physical. So, so like, 10 minutes before you're going into this interview, like some people will go on a walk, like just, just kind of get the blood flowing. Sometimes before I go into a stressful situation, or I'm giving a presentation or something. Sometimes I'll do a few push-ups. not enough to like completely wear me out, but a few just to kind of get some blood moving. It, it, it sort of gets, gets, gets the energy flowing. And, and then the fourth, uh, this is research. Um, and one of the most watched, TED Talks of all time by, by a researcher by the name of Amy Cuddy, but it's the idea of doing a power pose. So literally like for a couple of minutes, um, and if you're in an in-person interview, if you need to like go to a bathroom and go to the bathroom stall, you can do P, you know, uh, P number two and P number four at the same time there if you, you need go. to, <laughs> but, but get in a power pose, like your favorite Superman pose or Rocky at the top of the steps with your arms out. Like, I don't care, but but the research shows that actually getting in a power pose, like getting big and strong with our physical bodies can actually change our body chemistry and will reduce our hormone, uh, the cortisol hormone, which is the stress hormone, and, and improve our, our confidence even uh, by, by measurable levels, even in just a couple minutes of doing that. Where the opposite is like, hey, if you kind of get in that, you're sitting in a chair, you're kind of in a small, you're kind of constricting your body language. And, and that has the opposite effect and can reduce our confidence and increase stress. So, um, I mean, we could talk about uh, in, interview practices and, and stuff all day, um, but, but I'm going to give you that as kind of the four, my four P's of interviews. So I, I will throw in an important safety tip. If you are going to be doing P number two and P number four at the same time, please do it in the closed <laughs> stall. Don't do that standing yes. at the urinal, guys. Someone's going to walk in and you are going to have some serious explaining to do. <laughs> Yes, yes, please. <laughs> yes, yes, please. please. <laughs> All right. So, you know, Rocco, right? We're, we're, we're one of those, you know, tech companies that we're talking about that are actively hiring right now. Um, and, and you do almost all of the initial interviews with people. Uh, how do most of, of, of the candidates that you see do in terms of kind of, you know, adhering to Jeff's tips, right? And, and, and what are the good and the bad things that you see a lot in these interviews? Yeah, so so Jeff, I really like the the explanation of the of the four P's. It's really creative and it, and and it's real. You know, I mean, you laugh about it, but they're they're true, um, valid valid tips. Um, you know, I, I think that we definitely see a lot. And like I was saying, a, a big plug for Zentech. We are looking to hire here for a Procore and Technology Specialist. So um, if you've got the background and the interest, definitely reach out to us. 
Um, I, you know, I think one of the most important things is, is to be real, you know, don't oversell yourself because overselling yourself is going to come through. And we see that with candidates, you know, and it, it makes it difficult because it's, it's not easy to find um, qualified talent out there. But yeah, when we see people that are overselling themselves, um, it, it, it's a big turnoff. So um, the other and you mentioned earlier is uh, is it, it's it goes back to, I guess you know old fashioned traditional things, but something as simple as just researching the company, you know, researching who you're interviewing with, and and reaching out to them, you know, with with an email, with a cover letter. I, I think that goes a long way because yeah, like Jeff said, I, I we I get a ton of resumes for for this one position that we're hiring for right now. And I, and I look at some of those resumes and it's like, why on earth did this person just apply to the position? They're not even qualified. I mean, it, it's it, so uh, there's a lot of just basic common sense things. <laughs> and maybe it's not common sense to everybody, but, you know, a lot of common sense things that you just um, you need to factor in when, when applying for and, and looking for a position. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, and I think we can go all agree that common sense isn't nearly as common as it should be. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think it's important, you know, in this discussion, right, to remember that that career advancement and planning, it doesn't always mean leaving where you are right now. Uh, you know, there are ways to make yourself a much better candidate for, you know, promotion and advancement or career shifts right within your current company as well. Um, you know, so sometimes we get caught up in the day-to-day -day grind and forget that we need to kind of be our own career advocates, right, at the place we work each day. Um, I think it's important that everybody look at your current status and position in your firm and think about the how and the why of, of moving up the corporate ladder exactly where you are, right? So, so Jeff, what if that's the case, right? What if I don't really want to change my career? How do I kind of go about moving forward where I am right now? Yeah, so that's great. If, if you're enjoying where you're at and you want to continue to grow there, fantastic. You don't have to join the great resignation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you're liking it, you know, that, that probably means that your employer's doing something right and, and you're matching up the, the skills you want to continue to grow in and, and where you want to do. So it's just continue to ask yourself the questions. Okay, what are the next things that I want to continue to learn? Like what's the next path of growth? And, and sometimes there might be different paths to take even within your own firm, whether that's uh, a leadership path or, you know, going deeper into technology or going broader in other areas. Uh, some people love to go into the project management side of things like so. So it can take all sorts of different forms. Right. But, you know, it's continuing to ask yourself, what do I want to learn? Uh, what am I enjoying? Can, can I match up those things that I really enjoy thus far? And, and sometimes even, especially within your firm, we were talking a little bit earlier about like kind of running prototypes or experiments um, or tests. You know, a lot of times within your firm, if there's something, hey, I, I might want to consider that. Can you find, you know, a different role? Can you find someone who's doing a role that you might want to consider, an area that you might want to grow in? You know, it can be simple as having a conversation with them maybe asking them to be your mentor and, and talking about, okay, what are the, the tools, the technologies, the skills I might need to, 
to grow to, to potentially succeed in this role? What would you have done if you would have known uh, earlier? And, and sometimes you can even, even take on some side projects or, or volunteer to, to be a leader of a project where you otherwise wouldn't be. Or to, if you want to get in, you know, try out leadership, you can volunteer to mentor a junior engineer or take on an intern or, or something like that that you can and see how do, how do I enjoy that? Um, you don't need to be an engineering manager before you try on the hat of management and leadership. And, and you can see what that feels like. Do you enjoy that? Or, or some people do. Some people love it. Other people feel like it bogs them down from the engineering stuff they want to do. That's fine either way. But um, it, it is identifying how we grow. And does your current organization have a path for, to con help you continue to grow? And, and the more explicit you can be around the things you want to try, um, the areas you want to grow, then, then your manager, your leadership, you know, you can kind of collaborate together. How can you match up those areas that you want to grow with? Obviously, there needs to be a need in the company for that to happen as well. But, but the more explicit you are together, it can be this collaborative process to continue to design forward and try out new things and, and build skills along the way as you move forward. So it's, it's fantastic if people are enjoying where they're at. Um, you can still try new things. You don't need to go whole hog into a brand new position. You, you, sometimes you can do smaller tests and, or experiments and, see, and try on new things before you, you make the big leap. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, because that's actually that's how I, I kind of worked my own career. I was working for for a company, you know, for years as their you know their CAD manager, doing all the CAD design, all the, you know the the custom stuff, and you know handling project work and so on. And we were buying company was growing, and they were buying a bunch of new smaller engineering firms, and they needed someone to just kind of go in and work with those folks to get them up to speed on you know how we did things. And that was kind of my first venue into teaching. Right? I had never really done it before, and I found that I absolutely loved it. It was an amazing thing and you know, got some really, really positive feedback from the people we were bringing on board. So the company I was working for was all like, hey, great job. This is awesome. We really love what you did. And I took that and I kind of went back to the owner of the company about six months later and, and, and laid out a path saying, you know, we can do a training program for every single employee from new onboarding all the way through advanced development. And, and I wound up becoming, you know, an executive level position, director of training and development for the next 10 years at that firm. You know, so sometimes, like Jeff's saying, if you just look at what you do and you find the thing within where you are that really appeals to you and, and work with those folks, you can you can build an entirely different career for yourself without ever leaving your desk. So just think it through a little bit. All right. So, you know, as, as our regular listeners know, right, when, when whenever we have a guest on the show, I like to have them tell us something on the day's topic that, that I wasn't smart enough to know I should ask about. Uh, so I'm going to give Jeff that opportunity today as well. So Jeff, what, what else do you think our listeners should know about, you know, career coaching and planning for the engineering and tech field? Yeah, there's a lot we could talk about, but, but I'll say, I'll say this. I think engineers um, in, in general, I mean, they're, they're really smart people and we kind of hang their hat on being smart, capable able to problem solve through a lot of different things. But like, the, like we were talking about earlier, some of those stereotypes around, um, you know, non-social, but, but also some of those uh, stereotypes like, hey, 
you can figure this out and, and we can hang that hang our hat on some of those strengths, but sometimes we use that as a crutch. And and I find that engineers often don't ask for or seek out help, mentorship, coaching when it would hugely benefit them. Okay. And so um, what I just say is that one of the absolute best investments that you can make in your career, in your life, is an investment in yourself. Okay. And so you, you know, for anyone in, in typical career, you may be investing a certain percentage of your um, income into uh, retirement planning and, and all that stuff. But are you investing anything right now into you investing in you? Right. And so I, I just say that. And, and I find that, you know, just using some of my own client examples, we're, we're purely financial ROI in terms of raises and new opportunities and different things. We're, we're talking, you know, huge percentages uh, of that. Some people going as far as doubling their salaries uh, or, or 20, 30, 40 percent, depending on where they're at. And then, you know, because of other skills they've built, they're getting promotions in less than a year, you know, continuing forward. So all sorts of amazing outcomes we're talking about beyond the other, you know, sorts of results we're talking about in terms of their skill development, their mindsets are improved, uh, their fulfillment, their happiness is in a completely different level um, in, in their work compared to where, you know, I found them and, and where, where we started together. So if there is something that you are unhappy about with your career, your life, find a way to invest in yourself in that way. And that's investing in, in financially in some cases, obviously, if you want to hire a coach, but also just investing your time and effort into something. But, but again, those investments in ourselves are the ones that pay off huge. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Like you used to tell me all the time in the Army, right? Hope is not a plan. You actually have to put in a plan yeah. and work on it. So that's the way that goes. Outstanding. So thank you. All right. So I think we're going to leave it there for today. Uh, but before we do go, I want to thank Jeff you know, one more time for being here, man. We really appreciate you taking the time and, and sharing your knowledge with us and our listeners, Jeff. Absolutely. It, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Jim and Rocco, thanks for having me again. If people want that resource, www.engineeringcareeraccelerator.com slash cattle call to go get that career clarity resource we talked about earlier. And they do need to put in those W's, by the way, for it to work right. There you go. All right, folks. That's it for today. We will catch you next time on the Cattle Call Podcast. All right, everybody. Today's Cattle Call was brought to you courtesy of Zentech Consultants. That's Rocco and I. Uh, Zentech Consultants works with design and manufacturing firms to help our clients purchase and implement the software that they need in these complex industries. Uh, we provide a single point of contact for clients to buy, develop, and learn the most vital software systems for your specific needs. Uh, Zentech strives to be your trusted technology partner from your initial needs all the way through long-term support and training for your entire staff. So Rocco, why don't you tell them how to reach out to Zentech? All right, yeah, you can reach out to us through zentechconsultants.net. You can email us at sales at zentechconsultants.net, or you can even call us, 866-824-4459. Excellent. We look forward to hearing from you all.